Welcome to Do The Math Podcast, podcast where we discuss the times we're in, divide the topics, subtract the nonsense, and see what adds up. It's your boy, Elder Chidi, here. I am here with the grandpa himself. What's good? How are you doing today? Yo, thank y'all for listening. Really quick, though, before you keep listening, subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so already. For those of you who are already our, uh, our subscribers, thank you so much. Uh, we really, really do appreciate that. Um, continuously listen, rate the podcast, and also share this podcast, man. Let other people uh, get a chance to hear this and give their own opinions um, as well. With that being said, grab your pencils, paper, calculator, and let's do the math. Yo, it's been a week. This is week two, episode two of season three. How you been, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. I just... Uh... Enjoy my time. The weather has been getting better. Mm-hmm. And you see, it's been 77 degrees or, yeah. or so this week. My parents actually um, just left town, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, then I, I actually just came back from Colorado as well. So it's been a, it's been a week. Oh, the, the ski trip, right? How, how was that? Man, I learned how to, I learned how to ski. Oh, word? You know, I went Did you, you fall a couple of times? I went, I went snowboarding last time, but um, this time I just, you know, I went skiing. And I fell maybe once or twice. After that, I kind of <laughs> conquered the hill. So yeah, we thank God for no broken bones. No, no broken bones. Speaking of broken, funny enough, uh, a couple of years ago we went for a ski trip for work. We went up to Canada, a place called Whistler, and uh, we're about to go. There was an evening we're about to go skiing, and I was about to do it. Like I was all in. And as as soon as I'm trying to you know get my gear and everything like that, I see some dude like being helped in from the ski slopes. Yeah, and, like he's in a cast. Homeboy's looking roughed up, and I'm looking like, nah, fam, yeah, I'm cool, yeah. man. So I definitely didn't do it. So I have not skied yet. Uh, I it's did not do bad, snowmobiling. Man, it's not bad. That was cool. But I'm I snowmobiling too. Yes, I'm it's down a for very that all good day. Experience. All day, I'm down for that skiing. I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, I traveled as well, man. I was actually in Atlanta. Um, I had some business there that I had to take care of. Mm-hmm. I did not go for uh, All Star Weekend. It okay, was okay. it was not it was not worth it. To be a coincidence. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it really was though because I didn't I didn't go do all that stuff. But in any case, though, there were a lot of people who went to Atlanta for All Star Weekend. So that actually leads into uh, our first section of the podcast. It's the new section that we're doing called Warm Ups, where you know we have a couple of just hot button topics that we'll just quickly touch on before we dive in to real topics. So the first thing we're discussing today is the ATL madness. So mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. everybody's familiar with All-Star Weekend, okay. NBA All-Star Weekend. It happened in Atlanta, which Atlanta is actually a very dangerous city. It's very dangerous for many reasons at this point. You know? Very dangerous city. It's very dangerous for many reasons. You know, you know, people, people, I feel like people, they, they talk about, oh, it's black Hollywood, this and that. Cool. But that place... <clears throat> I, I don't know if I go back. Anyways, uh, this weekend, due to the increased you know population of people who were there, they they came for the All Star Weekend. Which, by the way, I think you really couldn't even attend the game. Anyways, even the mayor. Yeah, you had to be. Um, I think uh, no one were there fans of the game. Yeah, there were a few fans. Okay. Um, I, I want to say it was tough to get tickets. Like you couldn't. Mm-hmm. 
just the regulars couldn't go. I think, you know, you know, NBA players, yeah. you know, celebrities, stuff like that. But a lot of regular folks just couldn't go. So they came for like the festivities, the parties, the all the yeah. other stuff, right? Okay, so um, partying. Okay. Yeah. So all that all that was going on. Guess how many shootings they had over the over the weekend? Maybe like twenty. You know what? Close. Okay. About twelve. Okay. Twelve people, uh well, I wouldn't say twelve people, twelve shootings occurred. But they all range, right? A few yeah, people yeah. hurt. I think one person. Were they in parties or were they just like? So all over the place. That 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 is the crazy thing about all this. All over the place, man. Um, the the crazy thing is that as these shootings were taking place, police, they had increased police presence, but the police couldn't even do that much. Couldn't even do that much. They're talking about twelve-hour shifts, uh, um, more people, you know, being being called in, but yet. All these different uh, nonsense happens, even in broad daylight. People get into arguments on the highway, pulling out guns, and shooting each other on the wow. highway. Wow, Atlanta. On Whoa. the highway. The thing about Atlanta is that um, I, I, I knew they had a lot of uh, carjackings and yes. you know, a lot of robberies, yes. a lot of you know, car thefts. But I didn't know they were still shooting people like that. That's still shooting. Like, you know, crazy. 12 people one weekend. It's kind of like Chicago-esque, you know? Still shooting. Still and, shooting. And, and my thing is, like, what's the reason? Madness. Is there a reason they have behind these shootings? Is Man, people just... people trying to be hard. You know, you, you you cut me off on the highway. I'm not liking the way you do, you're doing that. Instead of us to, you know, let it go, yeah. I pull out a gun because I got to prove something. And, of course, another thing that was happening was, uh, I'm sure you probably saw the videos uh, or even the, uh, the pictures of it. A lot of people were coming out and seeing their cars... Uh, on cinder blocks, people are coming in and stealing their. Oh rings. yeah, that's been going on. You know, yeah. that's been going on, but it happened much more this time around. And then another thing too was sometimes people will come and catch people in the act trying to do with their car. Guess what? Guns pulled out, wow. and then that's going left too. That's crazy. Man. <laughs> so, uh, and then to add to that, guess what? A couple of people who came to Atlanta got stuck. Oh, yeah, I saw you in Atlanta. I sent it to you. Now I want to share one particular me. story. Uh, that that blew my mind when I saw this because it, it just talks about how foolish people are. A young lady, and you know, a young lady went to Atlanta. But read this really quickly. She she got stuck in Atlanta because she ran mm-hmm. into some problems, and then organized. Before I say that, what do you think she did? What do you think she did like, when she got stuck? Like, how, why did you get stuck in the first place? Uh, di- different reasons. Di- different reasons why she got stuck. So. I'll, I'll quickly tell you though. Yeah, was she, it her flight she, got she canceled? Got, she didn't have the money. Well, or, or, yes. Like, well, Let me just go ahead. Let me just yeah, go ahead and tell, me, tell you. Something's going on. Let me tell you what happened. So she organized a GoFundMe account, mm-hmm. so for people to strangers to fund her flight back home. So let me read this little excerpt for you. The campaign organizer, Yaz the Stallion, is is her name. Uh, Stallions usually stand strong. How can yeah, you be tall, a stallion? You you know. Know. Anyway, um, she went to Atlanta with four hundred dollars. And became stranded when her unemployment check did not clear in time to go home. During that time, she generated over $1,600. Guess what? A lot of people saw that, and they started popping up. More and more people started doing that same thing. Oh, help me. I'm in Atlanta stuck. I got four kids at home. Ma'am, if you have four kids at home, why are you in Atlanta? Yeah. Why are you here? People are... People are stupid, man. This is what I'm talking about. This is the thing that gets me upset. I mean, my, my thing is not even about the fact that, you know, she went to Atlanta. It's the fact that she didn't buy a return ticket. She, I, she I, did I, not. So, so, so you just went there to go and, and expect how to get home. 
Man, you know, I, you know the, the the thing was, at the end of the day, I dug a little bit more into the story. Come to find out that some of those posts were fake, were fake okay. and some were real. Some people were literally at their house, big chilling. Mm-hmm. They created that, and they put it online. And people donated money. Over fifty people donated. Not, 50 a total people are amount. Stupid. Like, why, why would I donate money to someone who's stuck in a land? Who would not think about how to get home? And <laughs> now they're asking, asking me to donate money to them to do. Better. I mean, she got called a couple of names, which we won't say on this podcast. But uh, that's that's what took place, you know, with her. Going on to our second question. This is the second one for the warm up. So I posted this question on, on on my story just to get an idea of what people were talking about. And this has to do with a budget for a first date. Mm-hmm. Um, before I say what the budget is, what give me your idea. What what do you think a budget should be for a first date? What is that looking like to you? I mean, it can range anywhere from you know thirty five dollars up to. $120, you know? Okay. It depends where you go. That's all I'll say. You know, and that's just for first date. And that's if you go to one place. You know? Okay, if you just stick in one place. Yeah, yeah, but there's places for you can have a whole first date of activities for 120 bucks mm-hmm. if you plan it correctly. Yeah. Or you can have, you know, it for $35. Anything more than that, I don't know where you're going. Please let me know. Because I think $120 is a good... That's like 60 bucks per person. For <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For a first that's date. That's pretty good. You can go yeah. to, you know, an actual decent place. Get $35, you know, get $15 in drinks, you feel me? Yeah. Even add tip. Yeah, yeah even You know what I'm tip. saying? For $120. So, yeah. So, <laughs> let me not hit up that stupid. They're going to tell me about it. Well, this this particular person, uh, they decided to go to Perry Steakhouse for a first okay. date. That's $130, $120, oh, yeah. Well, you know, they got, you know, they got some, uh, some rosé. Some salad, fried shrimp, um, some more rosé, pork chop bites. Who, who ordered the rosé? The girl or the, or the dude? Like, um, I think it's the. Uh, it, it, it didn't say. It didn't say. Okay. Either way, right? Um, double cut. Yeah, the lamb chops and asparagus on the side. So everything really came out to be about one eighty, one seventy eight. Should be. So we just okay. round up to one eighty, mm-hmm. which I don't think is actually bad. Now mm-hmm. I put that on the story to see what to see what people said about it. Most of the men were actually against this. They said it was too much. One seventy is a lot of money, yo. They well, said it was too for much. For first date, one seventy eight. Yeah, it's and these nah, are men bro. who have solid money. It's not about to me. It's like the, it's it's the principle. Hmm. If I'm gonna take you to Perry Steakhouse for the first date, number one, what am I doing at Perry Steakhouse for the first date? That's the <laughs> number one. What's wrong with Perry's first? We're not going to Perry for the first date because. I don't think you deserve to go to Paris as the first date. You know? huh. Like, why? Why should you go there? Well, I mean, I mean, Paris is good. It's a good place. A good I think, venue. but, you can but enjoy then yourself. it's like, then you always want to go up from Paris. That's true. You know, that's the true. The next thing you're gonna try to go to Reunion Tower. <laughs> for, for but lunch. keep in mind, though, there are a couple of things you have to you, you have to add into this. Is not I'm not I'm assuming the person who went on this date they're mm-hmm. not like a college student, yeah, or someone who's like a grad student or anything like that. So take a couple of things in mind. Um, how old are they? Right at where I would take women now versus where I would take women at 21, 22, much different. Yeah. Right. Um, where did you meet them? True. Is another thing, right? Also, it depends on the impression you're trying to make. If this someone who yeah. you think you're going to be with for there a while, there you go. Is a friend who you've met and you've been kind of, you know, known each other. But for me, 178 is probably the max. I, I think the max I spent on Thursday, 160 something. Yeah. You know, I actually think. 
two hundred is should be the limit. That's mm-hmm. that's what I think. A hundred dollars per person, including tip. And if y'all decide to do something afterwards, yeah, right. If you decide to go, I don't know, get ice cream or whatever afterwards, I think that should be uh, the max, and that's reasonable. And I think you can kind of, you know, you start there. You can go down because the next time you don't have to go to a big fancy mm-hmm. date. You can just say, hey, you know, why don't we just even meet though she's gonna hour? be like, yo, where's the big fancy date? Where's the Perry Steakhouse? Well, that's that's a story. That's that's your mm-hmm. fault. If you start at Perry, you gotta keep going <laughs> from there. So yeah, start at you guys, you guys heard it here now. Do not start at Perry's. Go to Chick Fil A. Somewhere. Yeah. Go to a four year spot. (laughs) Yeah. Go. go, You know what I'm saying. Go to somewhere. Go to the park. Yeah. Go go to the park. Nah. I'm telling you, do the Clyde Warren Park. Clyde Warren Park. Come on. I told you about the area. No, no. You told me about the area. Clyde Clyde Warren Warren Park, Park, man. man. You can make some things shake. You can make some things shake. For free. Park. For free. For the free free. Mm -hmm. You guys heard it here. But anyway, that wraps up our warm up. Um, Let's dive in. We got we got a bunch of topics to talk about today that we're gonna dissect and really get down to the bottom of it. Let's start here. This is a uh, very troubling story um, that, you know, really started gaining a lot of steam at the end of last week and now into this week, which is a story coming out of Plano, um, Texas. Uh, like we'll say, these stories, as we're talking to you guys about it, go look it up. Go go, go read into it. Go find out and, ha- and come to your own conclusions. I guarantee you, man, some crazy things are going on. Crazy things are going on. But really quickly, let me just tell you a little bit about this story. So happened in Plano, Texas, Plano ISD. Um, there was a 13-year-old student, African-American student, who went to Haggard Middle uh, School. Okay, This boy was the victim of numerous physical abuse, uh, abuse incidents mm. and racial taunts. Culminating, and this is what I think is just the most disgusting thing I can think of here. I'm, I'm just... I'm just shocked. Um, This has been going on for about two years. Two weeks ago, a video surfaced of this boy being forced to drink yellow liquid at a sleepover. Hmm. The more we dug into it, come to find out, it was urine. Wow. It was urine. So these bullies forced this boy. 13-year-old. To drink urine. What, what, What are your thoughts, man? Well, when I first saw this story, I thought it was like a like a sponsored clickbait type story, you know? Because it's outrageous. I mean, I couldn't believe this. It's outrageous. I mean, let's get to the let's get to the better. Like, I couldn't believe what I was yeah. reading. <laughs> I thought this was fake. Yeah, like a satire. Because there's no way in 2021, you know, people can can think it's okay in their mind after all the information they're exposed to. After all the constant technology that even kids 13, 12, 11, 10 have and all the information they're given this day and age in this, this you know, in this millennium, that they think this is okay. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these kids did it and, and no one amongst them said, hey, guys, yo, like. Yeah, let's, well, let's this not is, do this. It's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that says a lot more about the home training of these children versus them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because you can still say they're also kids. Mm-hmm. But me. At age 13, there's no way I even think this is okay. Yeah. To now say, hey, look, let's all go along with this. If you saw that, I'm sure you would say, hey, look, this y'all, what are y'all doing? Like, let's not, let's not even, let's not do this. Why yeah. are we even peeing the cup to bring the cup to this boy's mouth? The boy to come and drink. Like, imagine. Like, what? And then record it. What is going? Record it. Yeah. 
And these are children who who are you children, know yeah. in Plano. Of course, they're white. I can tell you that probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, don't need to do too much math. You know, come on, the, the math is already <laughs> math. They're probably white kids, privileged, Plano. We know is a very oh you know, man big. You know, I guess uh, up area, up and coming area. Just you know, a lot of wealth in the area. So we probably know the kids we're dealing with. You know, Foon's Moonfed, that type of that type of demographic. Yeah. So for me, it's now they're targeting a black kid as well. You know. Yeah. And and there's not the mama said this has been going on for a while. For a while. Not so about this, two years. I, when I heard the news, I was like, okay, this must be a, a one. About two years. This must be a years. random ad hoc incident. Yeah. But it's been going on for two years, you know? And now it's like, it now comes to light after they recorded him drinking pee. What else have they been doing yeah. to this kid? What else have they done to this kid? You know? Yeah. And why is it not that Plano ISD is behind this? Mm-hmm. When the mom you know, brought it to light many times before, they were quiet. But not because it's on video, not because she has the backing of you know the community. So I'm just shocked to be honest. But am I really shocked? No, because we know we know you know who we're dealing with in this world, and we know how wicked people can be. And this is just a constant reminder of uh, of that from them. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's disgusting. Um, you know, two years is is quite a long time. So think about it. He's 13 now, 11. Yeah, when he was a tween. I mean. You barely into double digits, and crazy stuff like this is happening. But as I'm reading this story here, you see that this this incident might have taken place, you know, either you know, uh, happened to sleepover either the February 12th, 13th, so about a month from from now, yeah. uh, a month ago, and then the mom, I think she may, she might have seen the video on March 2nd. I'm not sure, but that's mm-hmm. when she contacted the school resource officer, you know, the uh, the police officer at the school. And made the complaint about the incident. Um, they went ahead and, you know, Plano police assigned detectives to the case on uh, on March 4th. And now they're going from there. Yeah. Now, if, obviously, the family's very pissed off. Of course. Imagine seeing your child drinking pee. It's very and, and, and not the only person that's seen Waste. Multiple, multiple. And, and that of, of these young white classmates of his. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Extreme, and, and this is not a scenario of boys will be boys. This is not uh, that. The, this is not that. This is this is this is very de- just. I'm just pissed off. <laughs> this, this, this I can't get like, my words. I'm so mad. This is assault. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The boy was sleeping. They said they woke the boy up in the middle of the night, all huddled around him, and kind of forced him. Hey, look like yo, drink this pee. But let's look at some numbers real quick. So, because we're all we're all about math. Here. Let's look at some numbers. Okay. Um. As we're as we're talking about bullying, one out of every five kids, every five students, um, report being bullied. So that's just all across the board. Students. Let's drill a little bit more to talk about kind of his age range, right? Grades four to eight. Ninety percent of students in grades four to eight report having been harassed or bullied. Ninety percent. That is outrageous. That, that is crazy when we break those numbers down. So for this incident to happen, I'm not entirely surprised. But the more you, you look into it, you think, if this kid is going over for sleepovers, these are people that he considers friends? I mean, I mean. Or something. I mean. Let's, hello. Look, let's look at that. This is not. They me? picked up the kid. They hit him somewhere and, and beat him did up. That. No. So what's really going on? Is this is this something S- that that? What's going on? Because the mom is saying this is going on for two years. So yet. if this guy's been getting bullied for two years, 
why was he then at a sleepover with these people? Where they forced him to pee. Where they forced him to drink pee. Why? Because if my son was telling me, hey, daddy, like, I don't have no kids, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to clear it up. <laughs> people are doing the math. <laughs> but my future son told me, hey, daddy, these kids are, are bullying me. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm going to go and beat these parents up before I do something about it. Number two, you're not going to no sleepover yeah. with these kids. And maybe I, maybe we're not really getting the whole, you know, picture. Maybe he's a part of a team. And the team sleepover and the team kids are bullying him. You know, maybe that's, I, I don't see any other way for these kids to be in the same kind of vicinity if the mother already knew that he was being bullied. Or unless she told, or unless he told her, hey, mom, it has been going on for a while, you know. But she said like she knew. So, yeah, I don't see how she can allow his, her children or her child to have gone. Because the, the thing that, that, I'm, that I'm stuck on is, one, obviously the sleepover. And then, two, the fact that they said, hey, this has been going on for two years. Why wasn't that child removed from the school? Yeah, I, Get, take him take him away from the school. This is grounds for pulling your kid out the school if he's being bullied to this extent. Not even that, but you can't you can't run if you're being bullied. You know, I think you have to to look at the bully and say why is this guy bullying his kid. Look at his parents and speak to them. Parent teacher conferences. You have to get the principal involved. You have to mm-hmm. get the school district involved. You have to remove the kid, not the kid who's getting bullied. It's not his fault he's getting bullied. It should be the kids who are bullying him. Bullying is not right. You know, so I feel it's like not right. They should be punished, and I hope they get sure. punished to the full extent now that they've been exposed, and play less and messes one up. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing about it is, you, you were right when you said it. Once the video showed up, is when everybody now goes crazy. Oh, we got to you know investigate and this and that and so on and so forth. But it's been going on for two years, and now people are up in arms uh, about it. But you know, something I also thought about too, uh, as I read more into, and you know, obviously find out that it was a sleepover is. You know, I actually do not blame my parents for not letting us go to sleepover. Yeah, they bugging. The more, the more, they bugging I think about it. the more times I hear sleepover, the more, the more nonsense goes on there. I, I used to get mad. You know, we both Nigerian man. I'm as we made friends of different ethnicities and backgrounds and all that. You know, I remember people. Ah, hey, Clinton man. Uh, you know, I'm doing a sleepover at my house. Blah, blah, blah. Why don't you come? And I'm talking. I'm telling my parents like, oh, mom, uh, daddy. Uh, you know, that y'all not going. I'm asking my parents, bro. Y'all not going. Don't don't waste. So I spend money on this bed, and you want to go slumber on someone's floor. Yeah. So I understand that back then I thought they were mean, dumb, whatever. But I understand why they they don't know what's gonna happen in those places. Yeah. So they're doing their very best to keep their kids out of harm's way, no matter what we thought about it. And honestly, the more I think about it, I'm not even sure once I have kids that I will be okay with them going to sleepovers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think our parents, you know, coming to this country as first-generation immigrants or first, you know, immigrants in this country, period, or their families, I, I think for them is more, hey, I don't know yeah. the cultures. Don't you know. know. What I'm saying? I don't know what the hell. These, these people to be like honest, you. I'm Nigerian. Yeah. Think, you know, us, we're Nigerian-American. We know more about America than our parents. That's precisely correct. But our parents coming here, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm Nigerian. I don't know these foreigners. You know what I'm saying? If I did a sleepover, which is random or very rare, it'd be at my aunt's house. You know what I'm saying? Or some yeah. very close family. So a family. Who family. was Nigerian? Yeah, who was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You see, maybe you guys went to church together. You yeah, know, yeah. Families are very close. Like, but anyone from school who... Nah. Nah. You know I mean? My parents and, like, definitely not. And not to say that African-Americans weren't, you know, like, 
cool to hang out with and yeah. sleep over us, but like, our parents that's how you. close. Yeah, parents, parents had to know. know. We had no idea. Your parents. Yeah. You feel me? And we had to know, we had to have, have some family hangouts or some kind of interaction of the whole family for everybody to say, okay, cool, they can do a sleepover once in the blue moon. Yeah. It's, it's sleepover, not a deal. Sleepover means babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? Oh, yeah, come together so y'all don't do nothing stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, went yeah. out to party. You feel me? Bam. So I, I don't think uh, my, my children would be doing that either. I think it's definitely going to be the same kind of like, you know, nitty gritty or just very tact uh, family sleepover thing because this kind of happens, you know? Yeah. And and this kid forever lived this down as, hey, look. Like, yeah, they had, to, they had to get him counseling. Yeah, um, you know? You know, a traumatic experience, of course. It's traumatic because you can always Google his name. And then you find. This is going to pop up. Yeah, you he see be, that. He could be 25 looking for a job. Yeah. Running for governor. He's always going to be. These things are popping up. You know I mean? Look at look. Remember Balloon Boy? Yeah. No, you I do remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? His parents, his stupid stuff that they, that they pop, were doing. You know what I'm saying? Now he pops up. Yeah. Every time he wants to get a job, Balloon Boy pops up. You're gonna see that. Oof. So, uh, this is unfortunate. I hope I said before, Plano ISD does not mess this up. I think they have a good um, a good case against these kids. Yeah. And I hope these kids see the full. They should go to law. juvie. They, they should. They have of to. Course. They have and, to go to juvenile. I hope they, they. help. I hope they do. Because I mean, this is, oh man, just terrible. I mean, for for these and, and no, they haven't said anything about these kids' parents. Yeah, what what, what what are the names? Uh, because I I generally honestly think that um, the way that parents conduct themselves and carry themselves translates, if not the all children. the time, many a time to the children. So if you're being a bully in in the home as a parent. Based on how you you know interact with you know your spouse, how you interact with your own children, how you interact with friends in the home, so on and so forth, kids see that kind of stuff. They they see that kind of stuff and then they emulate it. And this is how you get kids who think and act like like this. So they really need to look at those parents and say, what is the home life life like for those students who did this thing? What are they What are they doing? Because yeah. they can't be correct, man. They can't be they can't be all good in the head. For them to do something like that and make somebody yeah. drink your piss? Come on, man. Shame on you guys. And record it. And you record it. That, that's the biggest thing to me. Like, you know, I say you want to be evil, do it in your own time. Don't expose yourself. That means that, that's how I know they're just stupid. It's well, just stupidity. That That is where we are now. Bullying. You know, uh, speaking of being bullied, um, Bombshell interview dropped hmm. recently uh, about two individuals who stated that they were just, you know, criminally bullied um, for a couple of years now. You might have heard uh, of these individuals. Um, they go by the name of Harry and Meghan now. Um, however, previously, uh, well, they still kind of are the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Okay. Um, I think they're no longer considered royals per se. Mm-hmm. But they dropped an interview kind of giving, you know, their their viewpoints um, about what has happened over the last couple of years. And it was crazy. Yeah. Crazy things that they talked about. Um, before I get to your thoughts, I want to just list out a couple of key takeaways because I don't think all of our viewers actually got a chance. Well, listeners, I'm not yeah. saying uh, listeners uh, got a chance to. To see the interview. So I'll just, I'll list a few things and then we'll go from there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So Megan says, 
Uh, she had serious and frightening thoughts about suicide during her pregnancy mm. Mm. Uh, with their current child, Ar- with their only child right now, Archie. She's pregnant again, by the way. Uh, as she began to understand what type of life that they have coming for them, right? Um, but the institution, folks around her and the royal family told her she could not get any help that she specifically uh, wanted, okay? That's one big one. The second big one. She said, hey, the royal family declined to make her baby a prince mm. or offer him the protection that would come with that title. So essentially, just that's not a baby. We do not know that baby. Okay? And this is the one that's very damning, I would say. They expressed concern about the skin color before he was born. Mm. You know, we won't get to that one later, but people say, oh, America is the most racist. America is racist quite all right. But I really feel that the royal family is even more racist. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Just a, just a couple of more things uh, to touch on. Um, they said, hey, they had a bunch of security concerns. That kind of made, you know, kind of played a huge deal in how, what choices they made. Like, hey, leaving, leaving England, moving to Canada, which is a commonwealth country. Um... The royals then told them, hey, we're not we're not going to keep the security going on with you guys. We're going to take that away. Do you know who gave them security? Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. A black man. Secu- a black man gave them security. He's sticking up for his black brother, Archie. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, and then uh, two, two, two last things here. Harry's relationship with his brother and his father is like non-existent, basically, uh, as we expect. You know, they're not really talking. Uh, and then finally here, Harry, he felt, hey, man, I was trapped in the royal family. So let's let's, let's kind of dig into this, man. Let's let's get into this. Um, I actually had a conversation with a bunch of people yesterday. They had some interesting takes on it. But this is do the math. We, we go beyond surface level stuff and dig deeper. So when... What do you think, man? Hearing all of this, watching the interview, what are your takeaways and what are your thoughts on this? Wow. Uh, when I saw the interview, it was as explosive as they promised. You know what I'm saying? I was, <laughs> I was in shock. I, I was like, wow, it's only March. Bam. You know, it's like we had January. We had these idiots who stormed the Capitol. Yeah, I know. February, what happened? Um, we're glue. Oh. A gorilla, the yeah, yeah, blue. boom. No, no, there's another thing that happened. What else happened? Too. A, a bunch of stuff happens, yeah, but I, that was the one yeah. that kind of, you and know. Then, now <laughs> March, we have we have a, uh, you know, Meghan Markle mm-hmm. and Harry. Yeah, I'm not shocked. You know, the the royal family has been around for over 1,200 years, and I mean, we know what the last 1,200 years of history has been like in this world. Mm-hmm. So let's do math. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, the slave trade was really. Uh, Big, you know, for the UK, for the English, you know, royal family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the history was built on slaves as well. And, you know, colonies as well. Mm-hmm. So, do the math. So, there's no way that, you know, I think the queen, how old is she? Uh, I want to say she's in the 90s. I, I don't know the exact So, age. she's 90, I believe. Yeah. So, that's, that's dumb. Let's, get, let's say the queen at age, you know, 15, 16, 17, right? Her grandmother or her mother, you know, I'm pretty sure they had to deal with slaves. Cause the queen, yeah, she's 94. And she was born when? 1926. So I'm pretty sure the queen has seen a few slaves in her lifetime. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? 
Yeah. And, you know, so I, I think I think we can see just the how how far we're not removed from slavery within the world family. And, you know, it's, it's going to be very stupid of us to think that there will not be racism in the world family. And for the people who are doubting the racism or doubting what said, you know, shame on you because I don't think a woman will lie about this kind of thing. And her own husband, who is a white man, is also going against his family. Fools. Fools. And supporting yeah. her. Yeah. On live TV. Yeah. And I know For people. The world to see. With exactly. Oprah. And I Not know no people. Not idiot by the side of Oprah. And I know people yeah. were mad and they thought that, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, she's saying all this. Where's her husband? And when you that like dude it? popped up on that screen. Yeah. They were mad, like, oh, damn. <laughs> this dude's right here, too. <laughs> I know they're mad, but yeah. too bad. Too bad. Nah, so, man. you know, the, fa- the fact that um, I- I- I'm not shocked, you know. And, and Megan said a, a few things uh, in-, in the interview that I watched. She said one thing, that um, the perception and the reality are two different things. But, you know, she's just living the perception. People are just thinking, you know, that she's living... Or people just judging her about the perception, right? Yeah, yeah. Or she's living the reality, and I felt bad for her. I'm like, damn, like you know, even not even just her, but look at superstar athletes, look mm-hmm. at everybody in that kind of role. Where yeah. it's like, hey, I think it's all good. It's Unless all you've good. lived that life, you really truly don't know. Yeah, you're just you know? making assumptions. And she and she's lived the life of an actress, I guess, right? I yeah. don't say she's A or B, but she's like an actress, yeah, right? Well known, yeah. So I'm saying that she knew the actress life, but she's saying that it's even more than that. Imagine, mm-hmm. you know. So I can get her pain. She's saying she's been trapped. Her husband's saying he's been trapped. So, you know, I'm glad that this has been exposed. Am I surprised? No. You know, hmm. That's all I have to say for now. You know, man, so many things troubled me. Um, but the biggest thing, I think, no one, no one believed her. Like, exactly. initially, when she started saying, because this is not new news. She's been talking about, she's been saying this kind of in bits and pieces through uh, some other people and things like that. Things have been spilling out. But people are like, uh and I'll be honest, initially I was like, oh, why is she complaining? Like, she's married to the prince. Yeah, remember we like, said about no, like this? Yeah. Yo, I, was, I, I, I was like, yo, like, you look good. Like, why are you crying? But I didn't know it was like this. You I didn't know it was like this. I take that back, Auntie. So, please. Megan, hmm? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. No, because I got, I got to tell, I'm sorry. Because at the end of the day, man, like, this is terrible what, what was going on with her to the point where, yo, she talked about committing suicide. Mm hmm. While she's pregnant, I mean, like let's let, let's let's talk about that for a second. It's one thing to say you want to take your life, but it's another thing to say I want to take the life and the life of my unborn child. Yeah. Yo, I don't think people arrive at that, you know, haphazardly. I don't think this it's is something one you just, affair, you, just you, know? you know just something you just dangle into. No, man, so many things led up to that. We say, man, you know what? I don't I, like. I, I want to go ahead and take my life and, and my child's life too, because I don't want that. Per- I don't want my child to go through that mm-hmm. as well, and that is just that is heartbreaking. It's and anybody who anybody who does not understand, you don't have to be a mother, you don't have to be a yeah. parent to understand that. But anybody who does not understand the travesty that this one was dealing with, shame on you. Sh- mm-hmm. Shame on you. You don't even even if you don't want to empathize with her, at least sympathize that somebody's going through such a terrible thing that they felt that the only way that they can maybe get out is to kill themselves and their child. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing about that too is um, she was saying something like, putting this context, like she was saying that she tried to leave the house at one point and, um, you know, she was, the people, the firm, quote unquote, was saying, yeah, the firm, hey, yeah. like, you know, 
you're going out a lot. You might want to stay in. And she told him, hey, I've been outside four times. In the, no, I've been outside two times in the last four months. Oh, and, you know, the fact is that, hey, the tabloids are talking about me, but I'm not going outside. How, yeah, that's and, the and, thing. And my thing is, like, I, you know, I know quarantine is tough on everybody, but this is pre-quarantine. Yeah, it's, pre, yeah, it's pre-quarantine. And she's talking about, you know, hey, I can't I can't even move around freely. And, it, and she's, I think, I believe when Harry says, hey, he didn't know she was trapped until... You know, he was introduced to her because think about it. She's coming from the free world, quote unquote, where she can move around as she you know, wants, as she pleases. They, she said they took her passport, her ID, everything. Like what? I was like, are you kidding me? She can't even go travel freely. Hmm. Can't even drive a vehicle. You know what I'm saying? And she she came from the free world. Imagine you going to that tomorrow and saying, "Look, you can't do that, Chief." So she's looking like, "What's going on?" And Harry's like, "It's all good over here." Not knowing, bro, it's not all good. It's like, not all good. You're, yeah. you're, you're in, you're in, uh, in Get Out. You're in a second place because people have lives that can do stuff outside of the parameters of the firm and the institution, you know? And I'm glad he got out in that, in that sense, but just think about that, that she couldn't leave her house, you know, and she only left two times in four months. Like, that's crazy. You, you know, you know, so before to, quarantine. So, so to keep up on that uh, subject, um, Harry was talking about how there's somewhat of like a invisible contract yeah, uh, between the royal family and the tabloids where, you know, hey, they would get favor, uh, you know, if, if, if the if the uh, um, if the royal family obviously, you know, let some things slide yeah, and, you know, nice joined in and, you know, joined in was talking bad about Megan or was nice to the press, they would get favorable stories. So with that, now you see. Where their allegiance lies, the royal yeah. family, where their allegiance lies. Of course, uh, lies. in the family. Come on. So they're trying to protect every single person, but these two. Yeah. And they're letting them essentially be the scapegoats for this kind of thing, man. And it's so sad that, okay, so let's look at people who gave Megan some support. Obviously, her husband, you know, he came around when he started seeing things were going on, gave her some support. Um, she also got support from 70 members of parliament. Yes, and not even one member of his family. And open not the, one member mouth. of his family, not one member stood up and protected either him or her. You know, sometimes families do things for uh, spouses of the of the main person, right? Just based on the fact that they love that main person, right? Because think about it. Even if, let's say you got, you know, you get married tomorrow or whatnot. Even if your mother feels like, man, it's your wife is somehow, man. Based yeah. on the love that she has for you. She'd be like, you know what? It's I love my, my son. Let me, you know, let me, wife, let me put this to the side and deal with it. But they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even do that, man. And that's disgusting. But I'm not surprised. The more you kind of just read it, especially what happened with Princess Diana yeah. and all that, you, 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 you just end up reading it for what it is and not being surprised. And you would think that she would have a friend in Kate, but even Kate was on her case and giving her stress. Really and, made and, and even the, even the even calls. even the Kate they had a Kate story about how the story leaked um how she made Kate cry before yes. and she said that's not true that's that not the it was that's not Kate the case who made her cry I'm like girl you better have told Kate how you really feel man but one forget that royal family nonsense I I, did, I feel that you know that's one thing I want to say about this whole thing is that I understand Megan's side of the story but I feel she never got to this point I feel that she should have understood he looked like. These tabloids don't mean nothing to me. Like, if I'm like, I'm still a black woman, I'm still a, a wife, I'm still my I feel mom. like it could have been worse if she did Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I feel it like... It could have been worse, bro. I understand, but I feel that... It feels, it feels me. Okay. 
if I'm the prince, of, Monday, of, Monday, of, Monday night quarterback. You know what I'm yeah, <laughs> if I'm the prince, right? Yeah, if I'm the prince. These tad boys bow to me. Like I don't have to worry about what they're talking about. Like you can't, you know, nothing you say to me can affect my princehood. Like I'm still the prince, bro. Like and you still gotta call me prince on that shit when you're writing about me. Mm-hmm. And that's how she should have felt. You know what I'm saying? And I and, and I get it because I feel she could have felt that way if she had to support her family. But she didn't have the support of the family. Nobody, either. nobody you know here. Remember the stuff was just going her on with her dad. Yeah. Her, I mean, her yeah. mom couldn't just move in and be there yeah. 24-7. She had yeah. nobody. And that's what she was saying. She was saying if she, and he said at the end of the interview, if they protected us, you know, if they kept us, you know. Because they didn't want to leave. Yeah. They were just trying to take boom. a little break, like exactly. just step back. They said now if they protected us, we would have been still royal family. You know, and if it was up to me, I would have definitely protected them. Like, hey, guys, like. They said about how to, you know that whole um, Epstein uh, documentary? Yeah, 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 yeah. And how the, the royal family was involved in that too, and they came out and said this is not true. The royal family did not, you know what I'm saying? Why can't they just say that about Megan? You want to deny child molestation, but you can't deny. You can't deny. You can't I mean, deny what's going crying at a wedding? Yeah. Like, come on, like, put, put that stuff. Put that stuff to the side. And, of course, yeah. you know, them worried about having a black. And have you seen the kid? He's white. Huh. Black. I, 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 I was like, man, this is the baby they're talking about. <laughs> is this the baby? Where y'all get a chance? Let's see that baby. That baby don't look like a black baby. No, black baby, this boy. <laughs> you know, but he's black. <laughs> but he is black. You know? But yeah, the baby does not look black at all. At all. You know? But the, the, the thing about it is, I su- I'm impressed by Harry, man, because um, he stood by his wife. Yes. Through all of this, because you know when he's taking your vows, say for for what for better or for worse. worse. Yeah. And Harry is down and he's doing the for worse right now because it's tough. Yeah. And hopes that it's gonna get better. He even said that the money they have is not coming in how it used to come in. No, no, yeah, it's not. You know what I'm saying now they're doing really deals, yeah. and, you know, Netflix, Spotify, all that jazz to make their money. And yo, shout out to them, man. Keep keep making your money. Keep doing what you you know what you got to do. Speaking of people making stupid money, big money, okay. Uh, Mackenzie Scott, whom many of us know as the billionaire ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos, of course, CEO and founder of mm-hmm. Amazon. Yeah. Whom I've paid a lot of money to this week. Too I much money, myself. yo. This guy has stopped stop robbing me. <laughs> hey. He has stopped to do stop doing this. Yeah, every day, you hear they, I get to knock on my door. Boom. They, they Two drop days. The thing and keep Sometimes going. the same day. <laughs> it's getting it's getting silly. He's taking too much of my money. It's a problem, man. Be, because I just look around and be like, oh man. Or I see something on TV. I need that. Oh man, I like that. I need that. Boom. Two days or sometimes the same day. That prime is, is something else. It's man. ridiculous. That's a devilish thing, Jeff. Hmm. <laughs> Jeffrey. Continue, Sha. Anyway. I don't mind. Uh so they were married for a while, about 25 years. And they got a divorce in 2019. If you remember, we talked about this on the podcast, actually. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he was doing a we match one of his neighbors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh anyway, they got divorced, which then led to her getting about a quarter of his shares, which added up to 50. Well, now she currently has $53 billion. Mm. That's a B, billion dollars, right? Initially, she had more, but she's given away. 20. 20. Hmm. Now, now, check this out. 
in December alone, just December, December 2020, they just passed through. She gave $4.2 billion away. Madame Simio. Hi. Uh, hello. What's her name? Mackenzie Scott. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this thing. When she got divorced, I was praying. I was, I've been looking for her Instagram, trying to slide in her DM. I've not been able to. I don't know. Man, yeah. I don't know if she's getting my messages. Uh, I know her messages are full. <laughs> it's full. $4 billion? That's, that's, where's the money going? You can give money. To, you can give a million dollars every day. Oh, you can give a hundred million dollars. She gave a lot day. to HBCUs too. I know, but to give a hundred million dollars every day Imagine. in the month of December and they have not given away four billion dollars. Imagine. Ima- imagine how much money she was giving away. Shout out to her, man. Yeah. Anyway, she was giving all that money away. And then recently, um, she met somebody. Mm. She met a guy. Uh, and then they dated for a little bit, and now they just got married. What does the guy do? The guy is a teacher. Hmm. Teaching, teaching. The guy is a teacher. Interesting. And uh, he too says, "Hey man, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be doing just like her. I'm gonna be giving a lot away, uh, a lot of my money, but, and what, so on what, and so what, forth." What, 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 I, that was my question. What, what money? <laughs> that was my question. You mean her money? <laughs> what is this guy talking about, Sam? Um, but it is their money, though. It is his money. I understand that, but let him not talk like that. It's his money. He shouldn't be talking too confident, like not too loud. But man, are there are a lot of people who are jealous of that guy, including me. <laughs> 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 including me. I but anyway, I'm quite happy where I am. But the point is though, so it brings it to another question. Mm-hmm. With a woman who has this much, is it gonna be a problem? But even just putting them to the side, what about typical everyday people where you know, in society, they tell us, oh, the man should make more than the woman, especially in the African community. They, they, they push that nonsense. Yeah. Um, what do you think happens? How, how, do, how do you think those type of families function where the woman, which this isn't wrong or bad. Yeah, makes more than the man. Makes more than the man. What happens? I, I what, mean, do, what do you think? For, for me, I don't think it's an issue, to be honest. At the end of the day, the money comes into the same, same house. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think for me, we're arriving in the same vehicle, whether I'm driving or you're driving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't matter to me. At the end of the day, the bills are paid. Everybody's happy. I'm happy. You feel like it's y'all's money? So yeah, do you, I mean, do you like, refer to it as our money or your money and even, my money? Even if my wife was a teacher. Mm-hmm. I won't say God forbid. Because that's quite disrespectful. We have mm. teachers who listen to this podcast. Nah, I love teachers. You know what I'm saying, but <laughs> I was, I just want to date a teacher because I don't like the whole having to take classwork home. That, yeah, yeah. I yeah, want yeah. you to stop your work at the end. Like once you get home, delete that, turn yeah. it off. So that's why I don't want to date <laughs> teachers. But um, if I was dating like you know someone who made a lot less than me, or you know someone who made a lot more than me, I wouldn't care because I did like if we're getting together as we say it's our money, you know. I think the biggest thing is to decide, hey, you make more money than me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't mind paying the bills, but financially, it don't make no sense. Like, you know what I'm saying? We have to divide it differently. And mm-hmm. I hope a person who I married who makes a lot more money than me mm-hmm. would have the common sense to say, hey, look, I make $53 billion. Mm-hmm. 
I think I can cover these kind of bills when you just cover, you know, small. Yeah, you cover these other bills, or you can manage, you know, the money. Or I think making the money isn't the problem; it's managing the money. It's managing the money. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's how to keep the money. Yeah, you know yeah. Saying? There are people who blow. The I know money. people make a million. Yeah, blow a million. people make you know who make two hundred thousand and they spend two hundred and five. Hmm. You know what I'm Come saying? On, so yeah, I think is you know is is a partnership with your spouse and then whatever works for you guys works, but. It should not be an issue. It should be discussed before you guys even start making the money. You know, a lot of couples don't have that discussion. They like, don't, and they get mad. They, they, they get mad. You know, the, the one of the biggest reasons for divorce in America is financial, financial issues. Mm-hmm. Financial issues. Not even the infidelity aspect. It's number two, but it's financial issues. So you can get over cheating, but you can't get over a lot of financial yeah. issues because a lot of that leads into other things. So then, um, a little bit of digging. What, how, what percentage do you think, what percentage of American households do you think uh, the wives make more than the husband. I know it's actually bigger than what we think. I'll say about, let's say, uh, it's more than 50%. I'll say 65%. No. So, wow. You, you are really over. No, over? it's not It's not quite there yet. Hmm. It's actually about 28%. Really? Yeah, about 20% wow, okay. of American households where the wife makes well, more Well, let's look at this. Husband. Is there a stat that says what percent of American households make where women make more than men who have both degrees? See, that's I, a, I feel see, like, you so know, now you have to start getting in there. Yeah, and tweeting I feel like if you, so. No, that stat is not available. At least not what what I, I bet had. you. This I bet is, you that stat is higher for women than men. And this is um, U.S. Uh, U.S. Labor Statistics uh, Bureau that put this out. Um, but yeah, prob- probably so, right? But obviously, it matters. Like if you are, you know, let's say somebody you're, you're dating a doctor, and you yourself are a, um, I don't know, you're an engineer, right? You, engineers make decent money. Let's say you you're making yeah. one forty, but your wife she says, "Hey, you know what? Um, she finished school. She's a plastic surgeon. She's making five hundred. Like, what you want to do? You can't come and kill yourself because you know you're making one forty and your wife is making five hundred. You can't. I mean, it just it is what it is. But any case, in any case, though, um, come to find out that look, men actually get stressed when their wives make more money than they do. Now, you would think this is just something that's being said, but there's actually a study behind this, right? Because it's due to math. We talk about this. Uh, a new study from the University of Bath suggests that, you know, women making more than men is actually impacting their male partner's mental health, okay? Mm. So this particular study looked at about 6,000 American heterosexual married couples over the course of 15 years. This is this is good mm. data we're looking at. 15 years. Rare, Okay. Over 15 years um, to see how this shift has impacted people's physical and mental health, satisfaction, and relationships. Okay? They found out, this is, this is it here, the men felt most anxious when they were the sole breadwinner. So when it's only them making the money, they feel a little like, oh, my God, like if something would happen to me, yeah, problem, yeah, right? Family. Issues. And then as the women begin to make more money, let's say the women are contributing about 40% to the household income. Right, so now it's you know sixty forty split. Mm-hmm. Hey, less well, stress. Good, yeah. But as the women made more money, past the men, the men became increasingly uncomfortable. Why? Because they feel that they're going against traditional social gender norms that suggest time. that men should be the breadwinners in the relationship. So society, majority of society actually feels this way. And this is backed by studies. Majority of society feels this way that men should be making more. I think it's more new age folks 
more progressive individuals that that don't really care. Like I wouldn't care I don't, if, I don't, if my yeah, wife, especially if, if I feel like I'm doing great and I'm making good money. She makes more than me, money. but that's a blessing. Now, she if I'm not good. doing anything, if I'm if I'm you know picking up tissue paper on the road she and she I'm makes making more than me, you know, maybe upsetting. <laughs> yeah, then I'd be mad. I'm like, but I, but I wouldn't be mad at her. I'd be mad at myself. Yeah, like yeah. what am I doing? Like why am I just acting a fool? But yo, if I'm making 160, my wife turns out she's making like 300. Yo, I ain't mad. We making four. We making four something. Four mm-hmm. sixty. I'm cool with that. So, um, it really shouldn't be a problem. But check this out though. It then leads to the bigger questions. Like, does the woman feel like she's lacking something if the man isn't providing or or being the top dog when it comes to financial responsibility? Do you feel like the woman might feel that way? Because that's a concern too. Like, oh, I'm not adequate enough. I'm not man enough because I'm not making more than her. No, I don't think so. I think financials don't equate to what, how much of a man you are, you know? I think there are better responsibilities in a marriage than just, hey, I'm bringing in the most money. I think most men can, you know, differentiate that. So I don't think anybody should have that connotation of, hey, look, like, I don't get paid as much as her. I'm a lesser man. Or she has, you know, the legs and the, or the pants in the relationship. So I think the women also have to understand that they shouldn't make the men feel that way just because mm-hmm. they make more. I think it's both ways. I think I've, you know, I, I don't know anybody who's married who does that, but I think I've heard where you see people, hey, look like the woman makes more. She kind of treats the man like, you know, yeah, he's, he's a little terrible. less than what he is because she makes more. You but you know, that. the men do that as well, too. As they, I, as they I mean, yeah, yeah, I think everybody does that. So everybody has to just respect their pockets. Like, it's, it's our money at this point. Mm-hmm. So as I bring home the paycheck, it's our paycheck. And I bring home the paycheck, it's our paycheck. What's the what's the main bill you feel like a man should should pay for in the house? Whatever he can afford. If the man makes thirty thousand dollars a year, he should be paying the bills that he can afford at thirty thousand. So you don't feel like he? Because I have this belief that uh, you know the man should at least um, pay the mortgage mm-hmm. or or rent to should provide the the home mm-hmm. for his family, right? It's not a must for for everybody, right? But this is my own thoughts and beliefs. But yeah, you're right. There are people who make. There's some people who yeah. make. You know. I think I think for me it's like <clears throat> whatever the agreement is between you and the wife. Mm-hmm. Like some women want to also be hey look like I can afford the mortgage too. I'll pay. I can pay some of it as well. You know, mm-hmm. some women don't mind going half. I know some people say hey look like or oh, as a roommate. No, some women say hey look like I don't mind paying half because this is also my house. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Think about it. This women are also. Do you feel like those women exist here in Dallas? Yes. Because oh, in you Dallas, see Dallas women. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not in Dallas. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> not in not in Texas. You know what I mean? Uh, but but outside Texas, <laughs> those women who have you know, I won't say anything no, about no, Dallas. No, women, you know, no, you know, no, no, no offense to Dallas women. You know. But I just think outside Texas, they're definitely out there. You know, and, and I've met them, and you know, I've, I've dealt with them, and I think just in general, there's women who have a sense of ownership. Hey, look like I'm not just going to be having. You know, to be provided by, by the man. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, those women are there. Just keep searching. You, you know, you, you, for those of you guys who are looking. You know? <laughs> Do you aspire to be a Dallas house husband? Of course, of course, <laughs> man. I aspire, I aspire to be. You know, I think I'm a house husband now. You know, I'm just a husband. I work from home, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I work from yeah. home, man. But I think for me, yeah, if I can stay home. Work from home for rest of my life. I'm good, you know. Yeah, and that, if that means in the corporate America or my own thing, work from home. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Or is you be picking up the kids, taking yeah, them well, soccer well, practice, on, all so the, all of that. I I tell my my girlfriend now that mm-hmm. you know my kids are going to love me more than they love her because 
I'm gonna be the person who's. I always, feel the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, about my school. Yeah. School of You give them the best milk. After they don't. Yeah, it's my baby. Yeah, for me, you do your job. I'm good. <laughs> so you know, hopefully, hopefully, energy is there when I'm when I'm you know whenever I have kids and they start running around. But I think you know having kids, taking care of kids as well, being work from home is a good thing. Solid, solid. You know, and and, and the more I kind of dug into this, I really find out. You know, of course, finances are, are a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But it really boils down to, I think, four things that women are really looking for from mm-hmm. guys, regardless of what money they make and so on and so forth. Um, and I think it's this, security. Yeah. Just security in several different facets. Of course, they would like financial security, but it, it depends. You could talk about security and the fact that, hey, you're not going to go out and embarrass me yeah. by cheating on me, cheating on me or whatever. Security that you think I'm you know, beautiful, you're attracted to me, whatever. But number one is security. Number two, affection. Okay. Uh, number three, open communication. You know, women love to communicate. Uh, mm-hmm. Us men, we could, we could do better. And I think this is probably the most important one, leadership. Mm-hmm. So I think if a man is doing, you know, is, is doing well in those areas, um, if he's not making as much, I don't think a woman really stresses herself because I was in Clubhouse the other day and a woman was talking about how, yo, there was a guy who made like 30000 His wife was making like, you know, one fifty or something like that. But... The thing about it was she loved the heck out of this guy because he led their house appropriately. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, you know, they were a religious couple. Boom. You know, the, he, you know, he's always leading, you know, the family in prayers, making sure the children are invested in their walk with God. So, is, you know, his wife, so on and so forth. So I think if you're a good leader and, you know, you provide security, affection, open communication, man. Whatever that guy is making, uh, McKinsey Scott's new husband, maybe he's, you know, I don't know, 70000 60000 mm-hmm. She ain't shipping about that. She at all. Stuff. She's not shipping about that at all, man. Because if she really wanted money, which she doesn't care for it, but she really wanted money, she can go find somebody else who has to yeah. money. But she, I don't think that that's her thing. But you're right, man. I don't know if we have that here in uh, in Dallas. We'll see, Sha. We should do a poll and uh, see what they, They're going to lie and say, yeah, we do that. And then the guys are going to say, yeah, they don't do that. And so Paul's a waste of time. Um, but, yeah, man, I think, I think you know, that's that's just the most important thing here, just trying to be reasonable, uh, you know, with money and expectations from the financial uh, standpoint of things. We're finishing up with the financial aspect of things by going back to the motherland. Yeah, I, I was going to say, talk about responsibility and, and financial. I mean, let's talk about the people. I mean, let's talk about our guy, James Ibori. E- <laughs> those Where's guys, he from? Those are guys he's from Delta State. Okay, you know so Delta State people. I think you may know. You may, you may know some Delta people, Clinton. You know what I'm saying? May, <laughs> hey man, <laughs> I'm dealing with Delta people now, anyway. So I want to so say please, much. James Ibori. <laughs> you know he was a Delta State governor from uh, 1999 to 2007. He was found guilty on 10 counts of fraud and money laundering uh, in the United Kingdom, and he faces a 13 year sentence. Mm. Um, so with that being said, the United Kingdom is returning uh, 4.2 million pounds that he had in his bank accounts out there, the equivalent of 5.8 million dollars. The Nigerian Attorney General said that the funds will be used to help complete a road and a number of infrastructure projects, including the road from Abuja to Kano. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I think it's gonna go back in someone's pockets. Oh, of course. I mean, so so that, yeah, that's, that's exactly what's gonna happen. So so why are you wasting time telling this us is just story. to go from? Abu oh, this is this is this is a smokescreen. We know. Come this. on, son. Yeah. It, come come on. They, they said it, it, it has they have a, a 
uh, agreement with you got United Kingdom that every every dollar they get from you know crooked people will always be going back to infrastructure. Mm. I don't I don't show that nah, if, 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 if that is the case, Nigeria should look like Dubai. That's if, what if, I'm if saying. Real, that's what I'm saying. If if crooked money recovered, that's what should I'm be saying. used for infrastructure. We should look like Dubai. If I go to Nigeria in December <laughs> and I don't see that Abuja to Kano Road, I'm okay. going to ask for some, something. You already know what's up. You, I don't have to think about it. I already know how these guys are. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, you know, he, he was called for money laundering, do you think it's going to be a uh, an eye-opener for other Nigerian politicians? I mean, this is the first one in my, I guess, recent lifetime. I know it happens all the time in the past, you know, but I think in our lifetime, this is the first person who we've seen I guess in the past 10 years or 15 years, who he's seen has been exposed, money's been found, he's been returned. Do you think he's going to set a precedent for more governors to be prosecuted outside the states? Because that's where they're hiding, you know what I'm saying? Or outside Nigeria? I hope so, but I feel like it won't. Yeah. Um, primarily because the thing that I've found rather fascinating about uh, Nigerian politicians is that they always find a way Mm. to improve their crimes mm. and to get out of their crimes. They, they always find a way. Did Somehow, this, did, did someone somewhere. say a snake ate the money the other time? You see what I'm talking about? That, that's the, How? Most, the, the most egregious thing I've heard. How? A snake ate the money. They always find a way. Somehow, some way. So, right now, yeah, you know, they, uh, they can be prosecuted for it, whatever the case might be, but give them time. They'll come up with something else that will find a way for them to meander out of punishment and be safe and nothing's going to happen uh, to them. So I think for me, man, I will agree that, you know, they face a, a harsher punishment outside of Nigeria. Cause Nigeria, come on, man, you pay somebody off. Boom. You're done with that. Mm -hmm. But in the UK, maybe even the U S it's much tougher for that to happen. I'm not saying it can't, it's much tougher, but the way these people are so determined to commit crimes, I feel like they could crack the code. They might, they might be able to pay somebody high up in the U.K. or U.S. I'm telling you. I feel like they could. So, honestly, man, we don't need to continue corruption. It does. I mean, why do you even have this much money? Anyways. And, and it's not like you're using the money for something productive. You're both putting it in your bank to chill. To chill. Just say you have the money. And you can't spend the money eating the stuff you want to eat in your own country. You have to steal the money and leave the country to go to enjoy Imagine enjoying Nigeria where you say, I want to buy in Kwabi, 1,000 naira. You can eat in Kwabi, 1,000 naira in peace. In peace. Or you have to go to, you know. But I got to live big. You feel me? You got you to go, you gotta go to uh, uh, El Pacino, whatever you call it, UK, to get a decent meal. And you're looking over your shoulder. That's it. So your country may not get you. You, you never have freedom, man. You never have freedom. But I, I'm not I'm not surprised. I mean, we, I feel like these stories are going to keep happening. Yeah. They've branded this like that already. You know, you watch TV, and, they, and whenever, anytime that they're showing somebody who is extremely gullible. What they normally say, oh, he just got, you know, scanned by Dubai, Nigerian, Nigerian by Prince. Nigerian prince blah, blah, blah. Man, that's what that's what <sighs> they know, man. They've branded us that. They have branded us that, you know? So at the end of the day, it's up to us, and I feel like it's our generation, to stop scamming. But yet, especially here in Dallas, you see them. Mm -hmm. Popping bottles. Every you scamming? weekend. Every weekend. Anyway. Houston is central. God is watching you. <laughs> Your time will come. Like they always say, like they always say, every day for the teeth, one day for the owner of the house. Boom. One day. Anyway, want to end on a good, good note. Um, we're going to give you guys some homework. So, you know, we did warm-ups. We got into some topics. It's time for homework. So we're going to be putting a few things out on our stories, on our IG stories, 
um, for Do The Math Podcast. If you do not follow us, follow us. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, please. On IG, at Do The Math Podcast. All right? If you want to follow myself, Elder underscore Chidi, C-H-I-D-I. You can follow the grandpa himself. Mm-hmm. Where can they follow you at? Grandpa underscore Ocho. Bomb. Simple. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter. On Twitter. Simple. Twitter. That's it. Keep it keep it real simple. But before we go, we got to let y'all know songs of the week. Something you can jam to. You can jam to on your way to, well, you actually, you might, have, you, might, you might be at home. Okay. Doesn't matter what you're doing. You can be on your OnlyFans. You can do whatever it is that you're doing. Don't actually don't listen to this song on OnlyFans. Be cool. <laughs> Real quick, man. Uh, let's give y'all a couple of songs that I think uh, you guys will like uh, that I, that have been going pretty good. Real quick, um, I keep saying this, man. You know, I was actually listening to some some old stuff. I went back. This is not a new song, but I rediscovered it in my library, and I've been jamming to that. Your body's mm-hmm. calling by R. Kelly. Okay. One of my favorite jams. I li- I started listening to it. I said, man, this song like timeless. Hmm, but R. Kelly. I will not hmm. touch. You, don't tell me nothing about R. Kelly right now. We'll get to that another episode, maybe episode five. We'll get to that. Um, but another one is Lavard and Ricardo and Ricardo Banks. Oh my! It's gonna be added to the podcast uh, okay. playlist. Um, Aira Star. Listen to our whole EP. It's fire. It's Afrobeat. It's dope. And then uh, Pronto, Ajabo Hustlers. And oh my yes, leg. that song. Woo! Jam, jam with that. And Woo! Move, that song move, is good. Move. What you got for him? I uh, mean, you took some of my songs, man. Pronto. That song was. <laughs> song had me shaking all the way here, man. You know, but um, a song called "Pour Me Water" by Mixed Giant T Classic. Hmm. Bambelela by Caltonic S A. Uh, Iom by Zoro Fino, Mr. Easy, Chike, and Umlibo. Hmm. You know, uh, they, they, yo, 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 they do some. I'll be getting, I'll be getting to them. Chike. Wedding season is coming. You feel me? So I better hear these songs at these weddings. Or I'm not gonna spread no money. Hmm. You feel me? Uh, and the last one I'll give you guys is called Another Banger hmm. by Chop Dilly, Scone Track, Viral Boy, hmm. and. Uh, oop, oop. Not get, before you get copyrighted, hey, please. About <laughs> yeah, I don't but have that, song, that song is good. It's very trying to pop up my phone, you feel me? But <laughs> yeah, I'm calling another thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, good, good, good. Y'all definitely listen to that. We're going to drop some playlists both on Spotify and uh, and, and, and and you know, and the Blue Bubble phone. Um, so we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna drop that. And y'all can jam to that. But, man, we want to thank y'all once again for listening to us, coming to class, and doing the math mm-hmm. with us. You got your homework. All right? We're going to see you guys again next time on Do the Math. Y'all take it easy. Have a good one. Have a good night, everybody.